Good evening, everybody. How you doing tonight? All right. Hope you guys are having a good winter, I mean, spring break. It's pretty crazy out there. But uh, I'm just so honored and privileged tonight to be able to share the word with you. Pastor Bernie is actually uh, enjoying some rest time and some family time, and he's uh, out fishing, I think, in Tennessee or something like that. So I think it's probably warmer over there. But uh, I believe that God has a message that he's given me for, for you tonight. And it might speak to you differently than somebody else, but uh, I believe that this is a word in season. And so I hope that, that we're stirred up and we're ready to receive. The title of my message tonight is Step Into Your Assignment. Step Into Your Assignment. And uh, if you're a believer, if you, if you follow Jesus, if, uh, if you've given your life to the Lord, you've surrendered your life and your heart to Jesus, you, you understand that that's the beginning of your new life. You know, I feel like a lot of us come and we make this decision and we say, all right, you know, it's time. I need to make a change. And you give your life to Jesus and we think, all right, we did it. But honestly, that is just the beginning. And the truth is that the moment you did that, you started a journey with Jesus. You started a walk with God. And, 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 and her walk might be different than his walk. And my walk might be a little bit different than your walk. And I might be in this season and you might be in that season. But the, but the truth is that there's a journey that we're walking in. And I believe that in that walk, in the journey that you are walking with God, that he gives you specific assignments in specific times. Uh, he's always calling you to step out. He's always calling you uh, to never stop having faith. You realize that as you serve God, there's never a moment, there's never a place that you reach that you say, okay, I don't need to use faith anymore. The Bible says four times that the just shall live by. And so we're always being uh, drawn out or, or, or called out or God's always, you know, calling us to step into something. And so I believe tonight that God is going to reveal to a lot of you or, or maybe remind many of us tonight of the God-given assignment that he has over our lives. And so let's go to Exodus chapter 3 verse 1. Exodus 3, verse 1, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now in studying the life of Moses, you could actually divide his life into three 40-year periods. The first uh, 40 years, Moses is, is in Egypt. He's in the house of Pharaoh. And from, from birth, to, or, or a baby, I should say, to, to 40 years old, he's learning the ways of the Egyptians. And in Acts chapter 7, the Bible says that Moses learned in all wisdom from the Egyptians. And so the first 40 years, that's where, where Moses is at. And at age 40, the Bible tells us that him recognizing that he himself was adopted, he's a Hebrew man, he sees one of his brethren being mistreated by, by another Egyptian, and because he wants to protect and out of anger, this righteous anger he feels, he actually kills this Egyptian man. And later on he realizes that he's not the only one that knows about this. So out of fear he flees. The Bible says he flees into the wilderness of Midian. And so from 1 to 40 he's in the house of Pharaoh. He's in Egypt. And from 40 to 80 he's actually in the wilderness of Midian where, where he actually finds a wife and he has children and he's a shepherd. And then from 80 to 120, he's delivering the people from Israel in the desert. And so here in Exodus chapter 3, where we're going to pick up the story for tonight, Moses is 80 years old. 
He's 80 years old. He's, and so the Bible says he's tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Let's go to, to verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire. But the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn away, turn aside, and see this great sight, why the bush doesn't burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And so God is revealing himself through this bush, and it's, it's this, this, this amazing event. And after all of these things happen, after he calls out to Moses, he finally introduces himself. He says, hey, I am the God of your fathers. And I believe that God strategically did it this way because he wanted to distinguish himself. He wanted to separate himself from all of the gods that Moses knew. See, Moses was instructed. He learned in the wisdom of the Egyptians. And so he knew about the gods of Egypt. He knew about different things that, 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 that the Egyptians served. In fact, uh, they, they believed that Pharaoh was a god himself. But I believe that God does it this way because he wants to quickly teach Moses that he is separate than all other gods. Just in this event alone, I believe Moses learns that God is powerful. I mean, he's in the desert, so there's something that's burning, and I don't think that's so uncommon. But the fact that this bush isn't being consumed, the fact that this bush isn't going down to ashes, is revealing something very special to Moses who says, this is something powerful, this is something supernatural. How many of you guys believe we serve a supernatural God? How many of you guys know that because he's supernatural, he does things that are way above, way beyond what we can ever think, imagine, or expect? And I think we need to be reminded of that, that as we're in an assignment, as we're in this walk with God, that he doesn't do things that we might think he should do in the way he might do it at the time he should do it. Amen, somebody. Because he's supernatural. He's so far above what we can uh, try, to, try to come up with. He's doing things because this is what his nature is. He's supernatural. He's pure. He's holy. How many of you guys know that we serve a pure and holy God? What does he tell Moses? He says, take the sandals off from your feet. Not because of anything but the fact that holiness was there. That had nothing to do with the bush. That had nothing to do with the fire. It had everything to do with God. Because God is holy, God is pure. Something so different from the gods of Egypt. The gods that, that, that the Egyptians served were gods of darkness. These gods did things that were completely different than the God that Moses is finally being introduced to. I, I would assume that Moses has heard of this God before. Knowing that the people of Israel, the Hebrews, are there. And knowing that they have a God, even though he was silent, God is finally introducing them, himself to him. He said, listen, without even having to say it, I'm pure, I'm holy, I'm supernatural. And listen to this, he's approachable. God is an approachable God. You know that God could have totally just consumed and put the whole mountain of, uh, uh, that he was before on fire? I believe that if the whole mountain was, was on fire, that Moses probably would have ran just like any one of us. 
But the fact that it was a bush, the fact that it was something that you can approach, the fact that it was something that Moses can say, hey, let me take a look at this. Let me see what's happening over here. And he knows, he learns, Moses learns that God is like giving. That this is fire. There's, there's, there's something different about this. God is approachable. God is, 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 is like giving and he's speaking to Moses. Moses, this is who I am. And so here's the assignment. After Moses has this amazing encounter with God, he realizes that he is in the presence of Almighty God. And not only is God there, but he's there for a reason. Exodus 3, verse 9, it says, Now therefore, this is God speaking, Behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And I just love to, like, visualize the Bible many times when I'm reading. And I just kind of see Moses sitting back and saying, okay, this is crazy. But this is God, obviously. This is something so powerful, something greater than what I know. And he's hearing God, and God is saying, I have heard the cry of the children of Israel. And I've seen the oppression. I have seen the oppression. And Moses is like, uh-huh, go ahead. Yep. All right, this is good. This is getting good. Thanks for finally hearing. Verse 10, he says, come now, therefore, and I will send you. And right there, it just wrecks Moses' thinking right there. He said, hold on a second. You heard it. It came to you. Why don't you go? I mean, that's just kind of what I'm thinking that Moses, those are the thoughts that are going through Moses' head. And we're going we're gonna to see that that's probably what was happening as we continue to read the story. But how many of you guys know that that's just so like God? That, that there is an issue, there's a problem, there is an, a, something that needs to happen. And it comes to God because God is good and God is hearing. But many times God isn't just going to send a legion of angels. He isn't just going to come because he already did, by the way, by Jesus Christ coming. He's going to send you. He's going to send me. Because God chose it that way. God chose to, to, to receive the cry, the situation, the problem, and to go ahead and send and, and, and equip and, and, and have you go for him. And so for the rest of the story tonight, uh, there is a dialogue between Moses and God concerning this assignment. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I, God? This is uh, the, the, the fear of failure. This is the self-doubt that we deal with. When God, when God calls us into something, many times, I wonder if you say this. I know I have said this in the past. God, who am I? God, God, I heard the assignment. I heard that you're, you're, you're wanting to do something with me, but who am I? I think you got the wrong guy, God. Uh, clearly, I'm, I'm, I'm not anything special, and I've done nothing special. In fact, God, the reason that I'm in this wilderness is because I did something horrible many years ago. I think you got the wrong guy, God. I'm not sure that you're really sure of yourself. Have you really thought this through because... Who am I that you would even ask me to do something like this? Who am I that you would give me this kind of assignment? And I just love 
the answer that God gives to Moses. It's not the answer that he was expecting. And I believe it's the same kind of answer that God gives to us today. Exodus 3.12, as we continue in the story, God said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. I will be with you. I don't think that was the answer that Moses was looking for. I think Moses was looking for, yeah, you're right. I think I got the wrong person. I forgot about that guy you killed many, many years ago. Or maybe he was looking for something different. But the fact of the matter is that this is so like God to not even answer the question you think needs to be answered. God, who am I? It doesn't matter who you are so much. What matters is that I go with you. What matters is that the presence of God is going before you. And it's so amazing because later on in in, in Moses' life, in Exodus chapter 33, he learns this awesome, awesome truth. He says, God, if you don't go first, I'm not going. If your presence doesn't go before us, Myself and the people of Israel, we're just staying put right here until you move, God, until you show us what to do. Because what God needs is not that a, a special person, a special somebody with special gifts and abilities. What God needs is for you to just trust that his presence is with you. That God's presence is all you need. This is, this is who God is. This is, this is his nature. You, you, can, you can rest assured tonight that if God's given you, which I believe every single person has an assignment from God, it might be different than, any other, than, than, the, than other people in here. But you, sh- you can rest assured that if God has given you something to do, that he's not just going to abandon you and, and say, hey, go ahead and go figure this out. You can rest assured that if God has called you to it, he's going to be right there next to you. In fact, he's going to pave the way before you. Listen to this in Hebrews 13.5. I love it in the Amplified Version. Uh, a little into the verse, it says, For he has said, this is, this is God, I will never under any circumstances desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you or let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. I think we can just go home on that, on that promise right there. I, I, I honestly believe that somebody needs to hear that tonight, that God has not relaxed his hold on you, that God has not abandoned you, That God hasn't just deserted you, especially when he's called you into something so great. And so this is who God is. This is part of his nature. If he's called you to it, he won't abandon you. So the first question in this dialogue is is the fear of failure. It is of self-doubt. Who am I, God? And the answer to that is, it doesn't matter, I will be with you. Here's the second one, 313. Moses says, okay. I see that. Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? So this is what Moses is saying. He's saying, okay, who am I? You didn't answer that. You're going to come with me? Who are you? Who are you then? Like, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say if I, if I just come up to them and say, okay, let my people go? Uh, some bush told me, who are you, God? 
Who, who told, what do I tell them? And, and, and I love God's response. Here it is, 3, 14, 15. God says, I am who I am. I am who I am. That's, that's my name. You know what that means? That means I don't have a name. That means I don't need a name. I was, I'm the beginning, I'm the end, I'm everything you need. I'm the alpha and the omega. I am who I am. I consist, I, I exist, I existed way before you and way before this issue, Moses. I am who I am. And he continue, continues on to say, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, and I love this because not only does God say like, I'm, I'm the God of gods here, but he says, he personalizes it. And he says, I'm your God of gods. I'm, you know, I've heard the cry of, the, of, of, of my people and I am, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He he has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. How many of you guys know that our God is a covenant God? He's a covenant God. And regardless of what the situation is, regardless of what's, what the assignment that God has called you into, the fact is that you have a covenant-making God that is at your side, the great I am. And not only is he just a great I am, but he's your great I am. He's my great I am. He's the all-powerful God that we can trust and we know that he is with us. I am has sent you. And so how many of you guys are, 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 are kind of relating to Moses here? Maybe some of you are judging him. You're like, Moses, really? Like, dude, there's a burning bush talking to you. This is God Almighty. And you would think that Moses would be like, all right, I got it. But Moses is a lot like us and he continues to ask his questions. Exodus 4.1. Then Moses answers says, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my, vo my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. How many of you guys ever say this when, when God, when you're, when you're just minding your business, you're like, you're like Moses, you're just, you're just doing what you do every day. You're just tending the flock. You're just being a shepherd. You might just be at, at, at a restaurant eating something. You're eating your burrito and God speaks to you. He says, go over there, tell them I love them and pay for their meal. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just crazy. I don't know. But I, I'm going to go ahead and be willing to say that there, there's been times that, that you've been just doing your own thing and God tells you to do something and you just do this what Moses did. You said, God, what if they say that I'm crazy? That's what Moses is saying. You realize that? Moses is saying, what if they say I'm hearing things and seeing things? What if they don't believe that you've appeared to me? I mean, I believe it, obviously. But what if they don't believe it? And, and, and before Moses was dealing with the fear of failure, now he's dealing with the fear of people. The fear of man. He's thinking, man, maybe they, they're going to reject me. Maybe they're going to reject the message uh, because I don't have the evidence to tell them that I, I have seen and I have heard what I'm currently seeing and hearing. What if they think I'm crazy? I wonder with the assignment God's given you, and, and, and really while I was praying over this message, what I was praying for tonight, what, what I saw spiritually was that, and uh, in, 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 in many of us here today, that there have been assignments that God's given you, and it's literally right in front of you. And I don't know why, maybe it's because of the, 
maybe it's similar to what Moses was thinking. Maybe, you know, there's fear of failure. There's the fear of the future. There's fear of man. But, but I believe that, that there are many of us tonight that are going to take these things. They're gonna, we're going to listen to this dialogue and we're going to remember that it's not just about us, but it's about the fact that God is with us and we're going to step into this assignment. So what if they don't believe you? What if they don't believe you? Here's what God says. 4-2, Exodus 4-2. So the Lord said to them, what's in your hand? What is in your hand, Moses? And Moses said, a rod. Then he said, cast it onto the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it. I mean, I probably would have jumped back too if my stick turned into a snake. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand, take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand. Verse 5, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. What is God saying? Moses, if they don't believe you, that's fine because they're going to believe me. They're going to believe me. And you know how they're going to believe me? By something that is so simple, something that might not be so spectacular and amazing that God has already given you. What's so special about a stick? Honestly, what's so special about this stick? This stick was so close to Moses because he was a shepherd. He walked with this stick. He used this stick. It was something that wasn't supernatural. It wasn't something that was spectacular. But I want to tell you tonight that even if it's simple and God's given it to you and you give it back to God, God will make it supernatural. God will make something happen with that simple item, with that simple gift that you think you have that's not so special. He will do something because it's really not about people believing you. It's about people believing the message and believing God. And when you can, when you can have the faith and when you can just put aside the fear of man and say, you know what, they might not believe me, but that's fine. They might think I'm crazy. Truth is, they probably think you're crazy already. That's okay. That's fine, because we serve a supernatural God. We serve a God that keeps his promises. We serve a God that's going to back us up no matter what. We serve a God that's going to back up his word. If he, he, if he has called you to it, then he's going to make sure that what he said he will do will happen. Amen, somebody. And so you might not have something special, but you have somebody special. And whatever it is that he gave you, maybe a stick, maybe something so simple, when you give it to him, he can do something powerful with it. By now you're thinking, all right, Moses, you got this, right? I mean, you saw this snake, or this stick turn into a snake. I mean, by now, come on, man. You're going to be like, all right, God, let's do this. But Moses is a lot like us, and he continues to question God. Exodus 4.10. Then Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord. I think he's just like, man, I know I'm, I'm, I'm about to make you angry, but I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. What Moses is saying is I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough, God. You chose the wrong person. Even after all of this stuff you've told me, even after all of the things you did for me, God before you even started talking to me, and even now, I am just not good enough. How many times have we said that to God? How many times have we 
thought that in our hearts. When God has called us to do something great, when we say, you know what, I'm too short, man, I, I can't speak. Or maybe you're like me. You can't speak good English or good Spanish. You kind of just make, mix both. But God calls you to preach. Why? Because it's not about us. It's not about you. You know what? You know what God wanted to make sure? God wanted to make sure that Pharaoh didn't walk away and say, man, that Moses can talk a good talk, man. He talked me out of a lot of slaves, dude. That guy can sell anything to anybody. That was further from the truth. That was further from the truth. In fact, it, this, God was setting Moses up for this moment in his life. This was, this was such a God thing. And, 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 and like Moses, I think we, because things aren't set up in, in, in the right order and because things don't seem right and ready for us, that we just excuse it as being a God thing. But the truth is that God to receive the glory, listen to this. In order for God to receive the glory, that means that we don't receive the glory, right? The only way that we don't receive the glory is if it cannot be done without God. And so many times God will use the weaknesses in your life and even the past hurts and pains in your life to be glorified through your life and to reach people in your life. Exodus 4.11, here's God's response to what Moses said. God, Moses, I'm not, God, I'm not good enough. I can't speak good enough to do what you're asking me to do. Here's what God says in Exodus 4.11. He says, who has made man's mouth? I kind of feel like God got a little offended here. I really do. He's like, hold on a second. Who made your mouth? You're saying I didn't make your mouth good enough? Who makes the mute, the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and I will teach you what you shall say. I made your mouth, Moses. It's not anything less of perfect because I made your mouth. I set you up for this moment in your life so that I can be glorified through this. So that you wouldn't receive any of the glory, but that I would receive all of the glory. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul learned this awesome truth. This is not about my strength. It's not about my power. It's about the fact that there's some weak areas that God is just going to go ahead and use and be glorified and rest his power on it so that he can receive all the glory and so that I would just step out of his way and just trust him. And so tonight as we, as we wrap up this message, as we wrap up this time together, I want to remind you that you're on a journey that you're on a walk with God. And maybe you're not being called into this crazy big assignment the way Moses was to go and free the whole people of Israel out of slavery, out of bondage, and into the promised land. But the fact is this, the truth is this, that we are always walking into assignments. This wasn't Moses' first or last assignment. This was an assignment before Moses that led him to an, another assignment in his life.
when Moses finally did this with, with the help of Aaron because he still didn't believe God all the way. He still wasn't able to, to say, God, okay, I got your presence. He still needed the presence of a man to help him. Which, by the way, if we continue to read the story, the Bible says that Moses became, or God became angry with Moses. Because he said, God, I just can't do it. you got to send somebody else. And God, said, God got angry. He says, all right, we'll just send you your brother Aaron with you. If you continue to read the story, it was Aaron that created the gold calf. And while Moses was up there receiving revelation from God in the mountain, Aaron was having the people worship this golden calf. And so he really didn't need Aaron. In fact, Aaron kind of messed it up a little bit down the road. Because all he needed was God. And so this assignment that Moses had, he stepped into this assignment. He trusted God. And, and this only led him to another assignment. He was fulfilling God's will in his life by accepting the assignment that God had to him. So tonight I tell you, step into your God-given assignment. Step into this assignment. Lay aside fear. Lay aside all of these things, all the past, all of the, the, the shame you might think. And you step into the assignment and God will only just be there and he will back his word up. And he will have you step into other assignments. And so right now what I want us to do is I want us to just take a minute. And let's close our eyes and let's pray. And let's listen to God. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing a little early on purpose so that we can do this. So that we have time to do this. Because what I don't want to happen is that you just hear this message and you don't do anything with it. So the first thing that I want to, want to do in this, in this prayer and ministry time is, is, is ask if there's anybody in this place tonight that hasn't received Jesus Christ. Before you can step into any assignment that God's given you, you first have to surrender your life to him. You first have to call him Lord you first have to make him your savior. And I promise you that when you do that, you will step into this amazing life. I'm not saying everything would be perfect and everything would go your way. But I'm saying that God will be with you. And God will do amazing things through you. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, is there anybody here that hasn't? and wants to give their life to Jesus. If you're in this place, just go ahead and raise your hand really high so I can recognize you. Thank you, I see your hand. God bless you. Is there anybody else that says, pray for me? I wanna make this decision. I don't wanna leave this place without giving my life to Jesus. I wanna pray with you. You can sit right there where you're at. I'm gonna pray with you and we're all gonna pray with you. I ask you that you pray with us just like Pastor Dwayne does this on Sunday morning. You raise your hand and you're gonna give your life to Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer in your heart and pray it out loud by faith. Say, Jesus, I'll give you my life tonight. I'll give you my heart just the way it is. I realize that I haven't been living for you, that I've been in sin, but tonight I repent and I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart, have your way, and from this day forward, I will live for you in Jesus' name.
Let's continue in this attitude just for another minute. And I just, I just feel so impressed by God that, that, that God is going to remind you, if you haven't already been thinking about it, of the assignment that he's given you. And so let's just do this. Let's just take a second and say, Lord, what is the assignment that you have for me? What is it that you're calling me into? Maybe for some of you it's to get more involved in the ministries around here. Maybe for some of you it's to reprioritize your life so that you can do some specific things in your family. Maybe for some of you, God's calling you to step out in boldness more often and share your faith and share the gospel with people that he's placed around you. And so let's take a second to just say, Lord, what is it that you're speaking to me about? What is the assignment that you've given me? Thank you that your sheep know your voice. And they will not follow a voice of the stranger. Thank you that your voice is so clear and loud. All right, you got that. Now ask Jesus this. Ask him, Lord, what is the next step that you would have me to do? What would you have me do, Lord? With no fear, with no anxiety, no worry that he would ever leave you or abandon you. step into obedience and you take the next step. Father, I thank you for speaking to us tonight. God, it's always about you. It always has been about you, Jesus, and it always will. And I thank you, Lord, for stirring us up, for reminding us, for announcing to us, Lord, the, your will, your plans, your ways. I thank you for boldness in us, Lord, I thank you for faith. And we just cancel the plans of the enemy in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for being glorified in us. To you be all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.